Welcome to the Midwest Nice Podcast, the show with honest political discourse, Dipton Ranch. This is your host, John Flynn, and today I'm joined by Amy Lipka and Marielle Brown-Fallon. Keep your accent strong and the better made chips close by, because you're going to need it. Let's get the show started. back you guys we're back to another up? hiatus what's up uh to our listeners out there um i know we're supposed to be doing this every week but uh as you know we all work in politics and you know the fate of our country is uh in the the hands of us a man <laughs> with <laughs> little hands <laughs> of a man with a little hand uh yeah so uh, getting very we're busy, busy. We're we busy. Got also john was sick and we didn't know how to work i was also yeah sick. and then i was out of town and i'm still a little sick know. you can hear me coughing but yeah, I was very sick on Monday. Uh, would have sounded really weird and nasally, uh, more so than usual. And um, yeah, we've been really busy. Uh, got the primary elections coming up at the beginning of August, Oof. and then we're just going to keep getting busier until uh, well, we might have a, a few weeks until we low. retire. Until, <laughs> until we die, and then work until we're dead. <laughs> until so. we die. We're yeah. millennials, so we will work until we're dead. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I got a 401k. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, where, we all do. Where we work, Working when we out. eventually reveal where we work, uh, has a great uh, benefits plan it does. Uh, that we all really appreciate. And it took me a little longer than it probably should have to start paying into it because I was dumb, <laughs> but it was always offered. And uh, now I have one. And good for you. I'm glad I. This has been I a do. good uh, financial advice podcast. Yeah, we could do that. I couldn't. No. <laughs> well, most <laughs> people couldn't. Not. <laughs> most people couldn't. I'm hemorrhaging money right now. <laughs> Just went on a vacation, got a wedding to pay for, a whole bunch of things. whole bunch of things. Oh, yeah. Have we talked about that? The fact that John got they, engaged? They brought up that we, I got engaged. Yeah, we ham-horned. Um, That's major key. His, his fiance is amazing, fiance. everyone. Francois? <laughs> Francois. That's not a My thing. Beyonce. Um, <laughs> She's pretty close. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so congrats, John. Yeah, thank you. We talked about it before. We did, that's but I didn't. That's I didn't get a chance because I wasn't here. Time. So <sighs> anyway, I don't want to break. We'll just people say it every are single time. <laughs> the people don't want to hear about this anymore. Yeah. Old news. Let's get you into it. You mm-hmm. don't know that fake news. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, so the uh, first article. Any other any other uh, witty banter that you want to? I just want to know. Before we get into things. Great intro. Just want to mm-hmm. know if Mariel knows what better made chips are. Yeah, that's important. So, are better made chips? Do they have the logo that's like that little girl with the pink cheeks? Let me let me Google. Honestly, it for I'm you probably thinking you. of Uts, so and that's embarrassing. So they're but like no. they're chips, but they're like better made. You know oh, I mean? oh, that totally. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's a chip brand that's made in Detroit. It's like the most common thing they stock at, you know, Meyer. Oh yeah, you're right. Let me see the logo. Kind of. Those shelves. Kind of. Oh, literally never seen that in my life. So okay, well there is a girl. They're a yellow bag. They're usually like bright yellow, Um, but they're great. Yeah, I try to come up with new Midwestern kind of. I came out. I ran out of like the. I came. I ran out of the staples like pasties and. Yeah, I'm sure there's more guys. Tweet tweet them at us at things like that. Midwest Nice podcast. Actually, you know what else? Something that I noticed the other day. Have you ever like discovered your own vocal tick and it drives you insane once you know it? Yeah, yeah, it's like so. I 
Yeah, but <laughs> I realize that I say things like that constantly. John, that's all I'm going to hear. And now, now when it's you talk all to me. you're going to hear. Mm-hmm. And I've had to, especially from doing this podcast, I've had to you get faced with the reality of your own voice and your own. Uh, yeah, mannerisms. I don't listen to it when I'm on it. And uh, yeah, so uh, I noticed that I say things like that a lot. I've been doing trainings with people lately mm-hmm. for websites and. I'm always like, yeah, and then you can get into this and things like that, and then do like that and things like that. Um, and Everyone it's, has their thing. Everyone has their things to, like that. Yeah, I feel like the more <laughs> I talk about it, then the more I'll uh, punish myself You'll for saying it. Evolve and so, out of it. And hopefully evolve out of it into something less annoying. Please don't tweet us about the annoying things that we say. We don't want to know. No. We already know what they are. We already okay. know. All right. Witty okay. banter over. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. All right. Let's get, uh, let's get into the show. So the, the first article that I wanted to talk about, um, well, it's more of an idea than an article, but there's the article title. It was a possible FBI investigation into shooty unlikely to sway GOP voters. So, so here's the thing that I have mm-hmm. to say right off the bat. Is this why he's running as like Trump's number one fan? Because he'll attract the same people, and then they won't care if he's under investigation by the uh, FBI. Yeah, that's sort of Definitely. what the article talks yep. about. Um, so, yeah, so we talked about this. I don't know how extent. I can't remember how extensively we talked about it before. But uh, so right now, one of the GOP candidates for governor of Michigan, Bill Schuette, who's the current attorney general, uh, is running. Yeah, he's running for governor, and he may or may not be under FBI investigation right now. I think it's heavily implied that he is. Um, and the reason for that uh, is because uh, the FBI received a complaint that was forwarded by the Ingham County prosecutor, Carol Seaman, involving alleged misconduct by Schuette in office. Um, the complaint originates from attorney Michael Nichols and focuses on Schuette's hiring practices and his property deals in the Virgin Islands. So basically, the complaint is saying that he's hiring all political partisans for his attorney general office, which is a big no-no. And he is supposed to have all of it. It is very Trumpian. He's supposed to have all of his business dealings in a blind, blind trust. Uh, he owns like four shell corporations out of the Virgin Islands. You know, the things that normal everyday Americans have. Ew. Um, and has a bunch of uh, properties, I think, that are owned by it. And he was still, I think, fairly obviously conducting business on these, even though it was supposed to be a blind trust. And he was even uh, reportedly had... Um, attorney general staff members helping with these business dealings on government time, which is a big no-no. Um, and so, yeah, the, uh, the FBI is supposedly investigating into this, but, um, the main point of the article is that, uh, so he is the front runner. He's up against his main opponent is the current Lieutenant governor, Brian Kelly, and he has 20 points on him. So a pretty significant lead. He's most likely to, get the nomination after the primary. Um, but how much do Republican voters actually care about FBI investigations right now? FBI investigations seem to just be on brand right now. It's like the thing to do. Yeah. It, if anything, it makes him closer to Trump. <laughs> that yeah. he's under. It's like crazy to me that we have, I mean, it's not actually that crazy, I guess, but we have Callie, who's like the Rick Snyder candidate, mm-hmm. who's our current governor, who people don't like. And then we have Shooty, who's the Trump candidate. Like, great (laughs) also so much of this is just like so bizarre to me there's just like such a disconnect and so much cognitive dissonance happening like 
you know, in terms of Trump and, and a lot of state level politicians. But just the fact that like a lot of these folks would say that they like love law enforcement and they like want to, you know, these are the folks who are saying like blue lives matter and like we need to like stand by our police officers. Um, but at the same time, they're like throwing so much shade at like the FBI and like federal investigators and saying like, oh, we don't believe you. You're totally illegitimate. And um you know, we trust this politician. So I just, uh, this whole phenomenon that's happening of like, I don't know, people believing one thing and believing another that's like totally contradictory. It's, uh, it's like the brand of the, of the modern GOP. It's like they got people, they're getting people to believe all of these contradictory things. It's honestly impressive. And and I don't really understand how they're doing it gaslighting it's just yeah yeah (laughs) nobody knows what's real and what's not anymore if you want to stay comfortable then you can believe all these lies and just like try not to think about it and Mm -hmm. then just be like well i think that like what we've been doing is fine so i'll just keep voting for that like yeah you know that kind of privilege that you can have to just not care yeah one of the uh quotes in here was from uh susan demas she's a pretty prolific political writer and democratic strategist in the state of michigan and she said uh so many Republicans have tuned out the FBI investigation against President Trump that the possibility that the FBI is investigating Shooty has lost its punch and added uh, two years ago, this would be a much more potent issue, which I would definitely agree with. I also would agree with that. It's just wild to me that like this person who's running for a really high office is under investigation for like committing big crimes under federal investigation is like not news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's turned into this whole like Uh, there's this belief amongst like a lot of conservative thinkers and even conservative voters that like um you know these people are under like scrutiny or under investigation by like the deep state and by like all of this democratic establishment illuminati stuff and like people are just people people are just out to get them they Mm -hmm. think that like people are out to get them because they're standing up for like their beliefs but actually they're just like yeah, owning property in the Virgin Islands and, like, using government time to, like, ask their employees to, like, do favors for them. Right. Man of the people. <laughs> right, obviously. Just, like, committing federal crimes, like, Left you know, and having, right. having, you know, business deals on in the Virgin Islands and then just, like, also, but he's really standing up for our family values. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he won't let gay people get married, so, like, I support that guy. That's kind of what it comes down to. It, it yeah. really he is. might, and he might make abortion illegal. Right, and that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing. Like, I think that a lot of people, um, especially, like, single-issue voters on the conservative side, like, that is the only thing anchoring mm-hmm. them to these people. Like, they don't, they don't support abortion, um, and they might help you know they'll support overturning roe v wade and you know they won't allow gay marriage and they'll allow charter schools and things like that it's like Mm -hmm. those are becoming the single issues that people vote on more and more often and it's like really alarming how dare other people have the same rights as we do right no yeah yeah awful uh one of the other neat little twists of this story neat that i noticed (laughs) uh, uh so so it was attorney michael nichols who uh initially uh, drummed up the complaint and uh but he is the attorney who represented the former state representative cindy gamrat who was forced out of office three years ago for misconduct mary you weren't in michigan when this was going on but good lord i really wish we had this podcast when this story was going on <laughs> let's go it was, back the, will you actually it was the biggest craziest story in michigan politics in so long i'm honestly not it, that familiar it was so cindy gamrat and 
what was the name of the it was her and another state rep what was I don't his remember name was what it his name todd was. something oh or? wait wait is this um, wait, i think the, we've talked about this before. at the hotel and the, yeah so they were having yeah. a, like a long-term yeah. affair they were both married and then they got caught and were by her now ex-husband who was blackmailing them about it and so they the guy uh the the guy state rep came up with this crazy story about um he like pretended that he was gay and that he was having a gay affair to try to like get ahead of the story i'm pro i'm i think i'm saying this wrong but i know there was a twist like that in it, and it was insane remember when stuff like that was news yeah and it took them like a really long time to get them out of office and they had to take them to court and then uh <laughs> once they were they were forced out by their own party i think and then he ran they both like tried to rerun and he had these insane billboards up because like in the course of like a week after he um got out he grew this insane wolverine beard and like really in like a mullet and was on all of these um billboards running for a state senate or a county commissioner or something weird he's like I've uh, rebranding i've changed i've grown this beard <laughs> yeah it was really bizarre i wish i could think of his name right now wow uh, we should we should look that I up. Can, I can Google it. That's alarming. All right, Amy's on it. Um, but yeah, that was like the biggest political story here for a long time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, apparently the the attorney for one of the people involved in that is the one who's levying this complaint against the Amy. Amy has the name. Is it Todd Corser? Todd Corser. That's yep. who it was. Uh, I knew it was Todd. Um, but yeah, crazy world. Uh, there's. That, that's something that I've come to realize over time working in politics is that the circle of people actually working in it, especially because it's very much split on party lines. People don't, not a lot of people work for both parties. It's it's like a very small circle of people that's actually yeah. uh, doing work for elected officials and for uh, political groups in the state. Um, so I kept I kept looking at, google after i found out what that guy's name is and it turns mm -hmm. out that um cindy gamrat sued a bunch of people after she got ousted like mm -hmm. she sued her ex-husband and all the people who turned on her yeah can we dredge this story back up and bring it out maybe we should <laughs> do a we, special we, we, we could have done when this was going on we could have done 20 episodes just on the, it was like crazy update after crazy update after crazy update when that was wait happening. and were these sorry these were these were Republican Party people? Yeah. Oh, and were they yeah. also the Family Values crew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Of course. Oh, okay, just had to check. Just wanted to know. Um, yeah, really crazy story. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, I guess the gist of this article is uh, nothing matters anymore if you're a... <laughs> People's standards are in the dirt. The gist of every article. If you have an R next to your name on the ballot, uh, as it's gone to show in a lot of states over these special elections and things that we've been having uh you can pretty much do whatever you want um you still get elected all right such a high note <laughs> on, that's on, why we do the yeah, silver no, line no, yes. let's no, no something less depressing let's uh let's do some well not trivia we're gonna do uh michigan man versus florida man again yeah except last time um we did michigan woman versus florida woman because equality yeah, and so this one is a, a mixed bag. So there, it could be a story about a guy. It could be a story about a girl. It could be a story about anything. It's 2018. It's 2018. <laughs> People can do whatever Glass they want. Glass ceilings shattering. Glass ceilings are shattered <laughs> as far as... We can commit weird crimes, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, the first story. Uh, 
the headline is armless blank man stabs tourist so it is a an armless man stabbed a tourist what uh, state is he from I know that headline's a little strange so it's a thinker that is a thinker because I want to say tourists could actually come to either Michigan or Florida but I'm gonna guess Florida I'm okay. also gonna guess Florida and I also want to know more about that story okay uh, you're both right <laughs> The armless Boom. Florida man stabs tourists. I was just as perplexed as you were when I first read this. <laughs> so Miami police officials say a 46-year-old Jonathan Crenshaw, a homeless man, held a pair of scissors with his feet and stabbed 22-year-old uh, Cesar Coronado twice, then fled the scene. Oh my God. According to the incident report, Crenshaw said he was lying down when Coronado came up and punched him. Uh, but there was a, a, another report from the other side saying that uh, Coronado was traveling with a friend. And they asked Crenshaw for directions, and he jumped up out of nowhere and stabbed Coronado in his arm. Crenshaw is a popular fixture in the area and is known for painting on canvases in South Beach uh, using his feet hmm. to hold the paint. And now stabbing people. Yeah, can what you imagine? What was the motive for the crime? That, well, there's two, there's two different stories. Either the two guys attacked him, and he was stabbing them with scissors with his feet out of self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> or the guy just went nuts after they asked him for directions. and. Mm. I, I'm wow. more inclined to, because I feel like that's, if you're in a self-defense situation, it'd be a little difficult to hop up on one leg with a pair of scissors. That's and true. But you think that, but he's adapted yeah, probably he's because. But wouldn't he just run? Mm, maybe. Fight or flight, John. I don't it's know. either fight or flight. I don't know. It, the whole thing is bizarre. Uh, I'm not going to try to make sense of it. Sounds like Florida, though. I, I was going to say that, but I know there's yeah. going to be a weird Michigan yeah. one coming next. The happiest place on earth. Okay. I guess that's Disney, but that's also uh, important. Next article. So, <laughs> uh, Shut up, Mariel. Uh, blank woman finds inert grenade while cleaning basement. Michigan, I feel like people have weird weapons here. I There's no agreed. laws. I don't necessarily think that's why, but yes. So you both think Michigan? Yeah. Okay, uh, you're right again. Uh, so it was a Michigan woman found a, an inert grenade while cleaning her basement. Mm-hmm. So the Oakland Classic. County Sheriff's Office says in a statement that this, the discovery was made Saturday in Highland Township. No one was injured. A deputy <laughs> responded to the Highland Township substation after another person reported his friend found a military-style grenade with its safety pin in place. He told the deputy that his friend's deceased ex-husband had served in the U.S. Army during World War II. The Michigan State Police bomb disposal unit checked out the grenade and determined that it was a dud at that point. Um, but yeah, found a grenade. Wow. Out the basement. Right. I'm uh, just happy I got it right. Yeah, we've had some bad weeks. We haven't gotten any right. Yeah, um, I've had some terrible weeks. So. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, blank man bitten by his pet venomous cobra. Blank man bitten by his pet venomous cobra. I'm going to say Florida. That's where they have all the weird pets. The monkeys, like all of those tropical, bizarre pets. I'm going to say Michigan because I feel like it's supposed to be a trick. Okay. Hmm. It is Michigan. I'm going to do the sad trombone because I haven't gotten to do it yet. But Amy was right. Thank you. That it was Michigan. Picking on me. Um, Please clap. We'll give her a please clap. (laughs) So yeah, Michigan man bitten by his pet venomous cobra. A Bay County man is in serious condition after he was bitten by his venomous pet cobra early Sunday in Pink County Township. 
Bay County Sheriff Troy Cunningham said the man's monocled cobra is one of several exotic pets he owns, and the sheriff's office is now investigating the incident as well as the township's ordinances to see if the man could legally own these venomous animals. I so. feel like no. Venomous? Like if it has people venom? collect snakes and stuff. They have snakes. Yeah, yeah they have they snakes, them. but like, do the are the snakes venomous? Like that seems like it shouldn't be allowed. No this idea. This is uh, this is America, Ariel, and you should be able to own whatever, whatever the right to potentially I, harmful. I have the right have. to bear snakes. <laughs> okay, you probably I can, do. I, can, I want that written on my cubicle. <laughs> I can somewhere. open carry snakes wherever I want. Let's get one of our designers to make a logo. I really want for that. the podcast. That's right. going to be our first yeah. piece of merch. <laughs> the right to bear snakes. Right to bear snakes. Someone I sponsor us so we can sell merch. Or yeah. it's right to bear snakes, which is a cross between a bear and a snake. But we can mm. talk about we can okay. talk about execution. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, last article: Blank man didn't drink while driving, only while stopped at traffic lights. <laughs> That's a great excuse. It is. There was a couple like this this week. I actually had to pick my favorite one, but I have another on the, another couple on the back burner for the next uh, next few episodes. Uh, yeah. So, blank man didn't drink while driving, only while stopped at traffic lights. You go first, Amy. No, I don't know. I've um, gone first all the time. So. I'm gonna say Florida. Okay. I'm going to say, that sounds like a summertime in northern Michigan move, baby. <laughs> Was right. it Kid Rock? <laughs> Was it Kid Rock? <laughs> okay, so you, Amy says Florida. Mariel says Michigan. It is Florida. Dude. And I'm going to give you a sad noise because you got it wrong. And I wanted to use this. Because I, I made fun of Kid right. Rock and I yeah, know you so don't like that. Florida man didn't drink while driving, only while stopped at traffic lights. So a Florida man stopped for drunk driving denies that he was actually drinking while driving, claiming that he only drank while he was stopped at traffic lights and and stop signs. Earl Gustavus Stevens of Vero Beach was approached on June 27th by a police officer after a woman called 911 saying he'd hit her bumper numerous times while waiting in a McDonald's drive-thru lane. (laughs) (laughs) The smoking gun reports uh, that Stevens smelled of alcohol and was slurring his words, and a bottle of Jim Beam was sitting in the passenger seat next to him. That is a smoking gun. So he admitted that he had been drinking, but when pressed if he was drinking while driving, Stevens said no. He clarified... Uh, that he was not drinking while the car was moving and only when he stopped uh, for stop signs and traffic signals. <laughs> so the officer had to write in his report. Wow. I just want, that sounds like straight out of an Adam Sandler movie or something. It does. Yeah. Yeah. That it's was a really great one. It's a happy Gilmore move. Mm-hmm. But uh, good round. Thank I think, you. I think I've it was pretty even this time. For, well, no, uh, Amy got four more. right. I got two right. Uh, John, oh, yeah, I Amy won got all, all of them right. Amy just beasted it. Oh. For the first time ever. I'm sorry. Didn't even, didn't even, didn't even notice. Sorry. All right. Let's, uh, oh, that's not the right music for it. I got my breaking news thing. Here we go. All right. Let's get into some, uh, <laughs> keep it in, John. Uh, Midwest current event. We, we've been, we're rusty. We've been gone for a couple weeks again. That's true. Uh, so the current event Michigan High Court here's challenge to redistricting measure. So Ooh, it's all we, happening, t- we you talked guys. about this a little bit. Uh, so the Michigan Supreme Court heard arguments on Wednesday this past Wednesday, in a challenge to a proposed November ballot initiative to change who draws the congressional and legislative districts every decade. We've, uh, on the show before, we've explained what redistrict, or what uh, gerrymandering is. So it's basically uh, uh, redrawing the the lines of voting districts in order to benefit one political party rather than the other. It's typically done uh, using 
uh, like I said, partisan measures or uh, racist measures historically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, there was a proposal that um, got onto the ballot. The Board of Canvassers approved it. And then um, it's, it's complicated. Let me read through this. <laughs> so the proposal would empower an independent commission to handle redistricting rather than the legislature, which is now controlled by Republicans. Uh, what was, I am all over the place. Uh, so yeah, the proposal was certified for the ballot after the state appeals court last month deemed a challenge to be without merit. But a ch- Michigan Chamber of Congre- Commerce affiliated group appealed to the High Court of Michigan where justices nominated or appointed by Republicans hold a five to two edge. So the initiative would create a super agency and empower it with executive, legislative, and to some extent judicial functions uh, with no checks and balances is the, this is the argument against doing this. Uh, This is Peter Ellsworth who said that, who is an attorney for citizens protecting Michigan's constitution and went on to tell the court (laughs) during the special session uh, that it would make fundamental constitutional revision happen and should be kept off of the ballot. Uh, those who submitted briefs in support of voters, not voters, not politicians is the main group who's been trying to uh, get this anti-gerrymandering proposal through. Uh, so uh, Democratic former U.S. Senator Carl Levin, former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan have all uh, written in support of voters, not politicians. Yeah, Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, we, I'm confused, but I'm here us. for it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying. I I messed up for a second there because I'm trying to think of what the initial complaint against it was that they that got. Well, I'm assuming over- that it was just like. So it was on the board of canvassers, and then they were trying to get it off for some reason, and that didn't work. So then they decided to take it to the Supreme Court. I'm missing that piece of information, and I apologize. Um, but I would also just like to point out that, so this person, Peter Ellsworth, who says, um, you know, that it would create fundamental constitutional revisions. Mm -hmm. I'd just like to point out that in the past, there have been some, uh, fundamental constitutional revisions (laughs) that have been great for our country, including ending slavery, giving women the right to vote, um, any sort of civil rights whatsoever, you know, like these things. No, God, (laughs) no, God, please. No, no. So it's just so funny when people say stuff like that because they're like so deathly afraid of things that have already happened. It's like, uh, what? The other thing is like, he's like, there's no checks and balances with this independent Mm -hmm. group. And it's like, well, are there checks and balances now? Yeah. Because Republicans hold like everything. They have the most power in Michigan and every area yeah Mm -hmm. and i know that we've already talked about it but like gerrymandering is kind of like i think damn it jerry (laughs) god damn gerrymandering who is jerry (laughs) tell him to stop mandering damn it jerry um but on the real yeah we've talked about it before this is kind of like their last hurrah at trying to like keep themselves in power because i think things are so clearly shifting to the left with changing Mm -hmm. demographics um and like millennials being like the biggest generation bigger than gen 
bigger than most gener- b- bigger than baby boomers i know that for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest generations and obviously we swing left so i just think that this is like kind of their last hurrah we've seen in pennsylvania recently that like these atrocious um gerrymandered lines were struck down um and hopefully things will continue to move in that path i do fear though that with like obviously the most recent supreme court nominee brett kavanaugh that like He's going to be a challenge because I think that things are moving away from gerrymandering and we're and we're trying to get fair districts across the board. But um, I don't know, guys, like that's I for some reason can't see him being on the side of drawing fair <laughs> districts. I don't know about you. Probably not. Um, Probably not. Yeah. So Justice Richard Bernstein uh, was skeptical of the the arguments against uh, the proposal and said, uh, let's get real here. How are people going to call a constitutional convention? I mean, seriously, I mean, are you really equating that to a ballot initiative in terms of a separate vehicle that the voters have? Um, Yeah, because one of the... uh, So Aaron Lindstrom is the state solicitor general, and he said that the type of measure uh, that they're putting on the ballot isn't right for the ballot. Instead, it should be um, a constitutional convention to make a change like this. Right, because if they're going to say that it like drastically changes the Constitution, then you need to call a constitutional convention, which... To me, it just sounds like they're yeah. trying to make it not happen. Well, that's what the forefathers put when they wrote the consti- the original constitution, is that this should never, ever change. Mm. This is the right. law forever. Right. Um, they put that pretty explicitly, I think. Right, right. Um, and I'm sure our state's uh, constitution was written the same way. Right? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah, we've definitely all read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to... So basically, at this point, we're just waiting to see yeah. what the court rules. They haven't decided yet, right? Yeah, so a lawyer representing Secretary of State Ruth Johnson and the Board of State Canvassers urged the justices to resolve the matter by early August so that there would be enough time to draft a 100-word summary to put on the, you know, to explain what exactly this is on the ballot uh, and to address any other legal challenges uh, if the initiative does, in fact, make it to the ballot. Yeah. I feel optimistic that it's going to make it it is the the supreme court is skewed towards the gop but i feel like there was an overwhelming number of people in support of this yeah didn't they get the most signatures of any ballot initiative in michigan possibly and there was a lot of with the marijuana push lately and a lot of things that happened the the main sort of talking point that um, Republicans in the state, and this has been happening in a lot of states, have been saying is like, let's uh, you know, let's leave it to the voters to decide. And right. so it's like, okay, the voters could decide on this, and now they're saying, no, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Um, the voters can't decide this. So yeah, because they realize yeah. that if they let the voters decide, then they're screwed. Yeah, I right. think they're gonna have to go back on a lot of what they've been saying for a while. So well, I mean, that's kind of how voter suppression is. I feel like that's kind of what they're doing here. Like, oh yeah, no, let's not make it easy for people to change things. Let's make it as hard as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's mm-hmm. do it at a constitutional convention. Let's right. keep it on behind closed doors where like only certain people can get to it. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Yep. Yeah. Um, best of luck to voters, not politicians, and their continued efforts to try to get this on the ballot and let the voters decide. You guys are doing great. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's end this on a, on a silver lining. Got another good one this week. It's not exactly like a cutesy one, but I think it's a good one to talk about. Lauren's not going to cry. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Depends on how into <laughs> marijuana she is. Um, 
Yeah, so the something we talked about uh, a lot on this show before is um, medical marijuana. And the title of this Silver Lining article of the week is Grand Rapids Adopts Ordinance to Allow Medical Marijuana Facilities. Um, Woo! Yeah, we'll throw another one in there. Yeah, so uh, the Grand Rapids City Commission has adopted an ordinance that will allow medical marijuana facilities to open up shop beginning late this year. Commissioners voted 6-0 to zero on Tuesday. 6-0 pretty overwhelming hmm. yeah, yeah that's awesome. uh this past tuesday to adopt an ordinance which was amended tuesday afternoon following a more another uh, two-hour discussion and the ordinance will go into effect on november 1st so the ordinance is a hybrid proposal that is less restrictive than the city staff's original plan and more restrictive than the planning commission's recommendation it would allow up to 53 dispensaries and up to 83 other medical marijuana facilities including growers processors and things like that <laughs> um, so uh, the mayor, uh, new, uh, fairly new mayor, Rosalind Bliss, said it's important we start in the middle with something that is thoughtful, balanced, and addresses the concerns of our neighborhoods, and this allows us to make amendments if needed. So, yeah, they're getting medical marijuana facilities in Grand Rapids, and uh, they're pretty much making uh, money printing buildings because it's going to be yeah. pretty wild there. Happy for them. The first yeah. thing that I thought of when I saw this headline was the meme that's like, is that a marijuana in my good Christian suburbs? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about Grand Rapids. Is that a marijuana? Yeah. Are you selling marijuana cigarettes? Yeah, that city is having like a serious identity crisis right now, but I think it's clear that it's moving in like a very progressive direction. I mean, they have like really cute coffee shops and like these really awesome like artist boutiques popping up and I can totally see there being like a few little uh, marijuana shops sprinkled here and there. And yeah, I think that the city's going to continue to like flourish and do really mm-hmm. well. So yeah. And a good point that uh, the, the commissioner John O'Connor made is that uh, this ordinance puts us in a good position. If recreational marijuana is passed by state voters this fall and gives local players the best opportunity to get into the business, which is like something that like everybody has been saying mm-hmm. this because we just went through this in Lansing. We had, a lot of medical marijuana facilities and then they adopted a new ordinance to cut back on it significantly and it's like you know this there's a very very good chance that recreational marijuana is going to pass in november and then lansing would have been poised to be the epicenter of a multi-billion dollar industry in the state and they mm, we're uh, good where we are apparently yeah <laughs> I th- we're fine yeah i think they're they're sort of uh giving up a golden opportunity here mm-hmm. And handing it over to Grand Rapids, that's already doing pretty well. Right. So I'm pretty surprised that the commissioners voted six zero, like yeah. unanimously in favor. That's cool. Got the writing on the wall. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and I also they haven't really had anything there. So I mean, I understand there's been some pitfalls with how crazy it got in Lansing. There were literally like three on every city block. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, part of that is because like the way that the law was written was written in a way that was like, you know, wasn't thought all the way through. And then part of it was that like there was a little bit of internal sabotaging happening. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, basically everyone in Lansing was like not operating illegally, but was in like a huge gray area. Right. Um, so they weren't like licensed, but they weren't they were there was basically an, an agreement that they weren't going to shut them down. Mm-hmm. And then they finally decided to mm-hmm. go in and. Um, be more stringent about it, but then they still haven't really figured out licensing in the state. Right. So it hasn't allowed it to come back, and they just sort of killed all these businesses for no reason. 
Yeah, I mean, especially since we're going to be voting on this in November, like, I don't think there's a better business kind of opportunity to grow yeah. for any city in Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's really smart to get on this right away. Yeah. And I did also see that, I don't remember the name of the place, but there is, um, like, a marijuana growing facility that's, like, I don't know, maybe 10 miles outside of Lansing, but still within mm-hmm. Lansing, and they're hiring, like, 70 new people or something. So I think that the opportunities are going to continue to be there. It's just going to be a matter of, like, us getting our stuff together and, like, making sure that, um, yeah, we can do this in a smart way. But also, good to know, is that, we should be letting anybody out of prison right now who yep. is in there for a marijuana crime because that's just ridiculousness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was, I forget what state it was. It was just in the news that they are, on a state level, they're refusing, or they just decided that they're not going to prosecute any more marijuana cases mm-hmm. until after September. Because hmm. that's when um, they're having their general. and uh, Or that's when... I think I want to say Maryland because they're about to vote on recreational marijuana. There's like huh. there's like four or five states. I think they're about to vote on recreational marijuana yeah. this coming cycle, including Michigan. I mean, that's good. But it also like like you said, like doesn't do a whole lot unless people are let out of prison for. Yeah. So hopefully that will come very soon after. If not, prosecutors kind of have a lot of mm-hmm. um they they have a lot of weight obviously over that so they can decide if they want to not prosecute people or let people out but yeah. i think uh this is like a good sign for that at least it's not totally ju- it's not totally just but i think that it means that eventually those pe- people will be let out and i think that mm-hmm. that's it'll save a lot of taxpayer money and it'll save a lot of people's lives so yeah another good thing about this is that since we're voting in a new governor it's likely that they'll be democratic and it seems like most of the dem uh, gubernatorial candidates understand what kind of an issue this is and like right. will actually do something about it. Yeah. So. I think all of them have made a pro recreational marijuana stance well, at this point. And then I think voters are kind of pushing them further to say like but mm-hmm. will you get people out of prison who have already been oh, in yeah, prison yeah, yeah. for this? I don't mm-hmm. I see all of them yeah. being pro that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. It's uh it's on people's minds. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So silver good lining. Silver linings, John. Yeah, good silver linings, good episode, good people, <laughs> good podcast. Beer, uh, wings, sports. Yeah. Uh, for our regular listeners out there, tune in uh, this coming Monday. We're going to have a very special guest. Uh, we're going to have Amanda Stitt on the show. Yeah, I just learned that now. For those of you who don't, <laughs> for those of you who don't know who she is, you uh, you'll, you'll learn. You'll learn. Uh, and that's it. We can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a great great uh, podcast so make sure to tune in um do you want to promote us yes mariel i just want you to know that last week we didn't know what our <laughs> what our promo like what anything yeah. was and lauren just said you can google us it's i fine. sometimes <laughs> remember sometimes i don't but if you're not subscribed to us you're obviously listening so just take the next step you're and obviously hit subscribe. a fucking loser <laughs> <laughs> you don't subscribe to earning that explicit rating right now yeah, I, I mark us explicit every time you might as well use it um but yeah so you can subscribe to us you can stream listen subscribe rate at itunes stitcher google play um am i missing anything else itunes um you already said that 
Okay, John. Um, <laughs> or you can follow us on Twitter or, I mean, and you can follow us on Twitter at Midwest Nice Cast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Midwest Nice Podcast. Um, and John can tell you, tell you our really long website. Midwest-nice.pinecast, like pinecone.co. Boom, uh, that made it more confusing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one other thing. Uh, before we get out of here, a little bit of uh, shameless self-promotion, but it's shameless self-promotion for a good cause. Mm. Uh, so there is a budding new nonprofit in Lansing that uh, was started by me, Amy, and three other people, uh, unknown, un- unknown people, you know, with blurred out faces. <laughs> um, Always. So uh, the idea of the nonprofit, it's called Loudspace Inc., and it is to uh, promote music education and provide a space to for music performance in Lansing. Uh, the idea of it is that it's a open jam space for people of all ages who play all genres of music, all skill levels, where all the instruments are provided, uh, removing all of the barriers to entry to being a musician um, and you know non-traditional instruments. So we're talking guitar, bass, drums, all the cool stuff. Uh, we are having, so yeah, there's a brief explanation of what we are. Uh, so we are having our first event. We're going to be throwing pop-up jam events uh, throughout Lansing. Our first one is coming up on August 31st. It's going to happen at the Reach Studio Art Center in the Rio Town area of Lansing. You can look it up online or on our website, www.loudspaceinc.org. And you can buy your tickets now on Eventbrite if you just search like Loudspace Eventbrite. It's also on our website. You can find it. It's on our social media. We can post it from the podcast stuff too. Yeah. Uh, so media. yeah, it's going to be a big uh, open jam, basically. You know, concert, but you can hop up on stage and play with other people. And if you have some crappy band that your songs aren't really together yet, we but you want to, so excited you want to demo them in a live setting. That'll be the place to be. And, uh, yeah, that event's going to be on August 31st. Uh, the doors will open at five 30 music will start at six and we'll go till 10 o'clock. Um, you guys are such good people. Thank you. We are. <laughs> I'm excited to be there. I don't play much, but I yeah, will listen. I'm really not musical are. at all. And, uh, I'm just, just happy to be a part of it you just know happy to be a part of it mm-hmm. um but yeah that'll be uh that'll be really fun and anyone who's out there who uh is a musician or just wants to support a great cause come on down everyone come to our thing come yep. on tickets man. are uh, donation based <laughs> so you can pay what you'd like the suggested donation is twenty dollars but if you uh pay more than a hundred dollars you'd be listed as a sponsor or a sponsored organization if you're representing an organization was that professional enough that was a plug. Way more professional than anything you else we do on this podcast. It was a long plug, but it needed to be done. It needed to be done. Um, and we'll we'll keep plugging <laughs> until the event. Cause we don't have sponsors, so we're just going to keep talking about our own stuff. Yeah. Until um, someone sponsors us. Yeah. So uh, to all our listeners out there, thanks for uh, sticking with us in our weird breaks. And we will see you again next week. Bye, Bye guys.